Hi, welcome to So Yellow, a weekly podcast about our experiences as female Asian Americans. I'm Helen. I'm Cindy. And I'm Kelvin. For today's episode, we've brought on our good friend Kelvin to discuss the topic of toxic masculinity, since we figured we couldn't do the topic justice without having any male representation. Okay, Calvin, could you introduce yourself to some of our listeners who may not know who you are? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Kelvin, and I recently just graduated from the University of Virginia, where I majored in Foreign Affairs and East Asian Studies. I met Cindy and Helen our first year in college, and ever since then, we have become very close friends. Um, so a little bit about myself. My family is from Vietnam, but we speak a different dialect than Mandarin and Fujianese. Um, we speak Cantonese. And going off that, I'm very happy to be here today as um, a guest on So Yellow. Yeah, we're really happy to have you here too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so Kelvin was one of our earliest friends from college, and so I'm really glad to have you on our podcast today as our very first guest. Woohoo! Yay! Yay! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, setting our standards for all of our future guests. No, <laughs> so nervous. No pressure. <laughs> Do you want to also go into your cultural upbringing and your family? Yeah, sure. Um, I feel like my family is pretty, but now that I think about it, and again, I kind of like think talking to other Asian Americans or Chinese Americans, um, especially when we were in college, I do feel like I had a very atypical, like, like not atypical, but like a typical, like abnormal, like a family upbringing. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like the majority of Chinese Americans, or at least like most that I know, had their parents speak to them in their native like dialect or like in Chinese, like Mandarin, Cantonese, um, Fujianese. But my parents didn't really do that for me, so we mainly spoke we mainly speak in English at home actually. So my fluency in the language is not the best, um, but I can still kind of understand bits and pieces. But still, um, in regards to like the language aspect, I don't think that. My upbringing was as similar to other Chinese Americans in the U.S., but the fun. The, I think the ironic thing is that my family is pretty traditional. We do a lot of tradition, like we follow a lot of like Chinese customs. And like I took Chinese class at UVA, and when I did talk about like my family upbringing and the customs and values that like my family had, my teachers or professors will always say like, "Oh, your family's like so traditional. Um, you guys like seem very like old style." So I feel like it's kind of like a contrast, and then especially like in regards to like what you consider like like an American nuclear family or whatever, um, what you would consider like the male like.、Um, Breadwinner. I feel like a lot of the like stereotypical traits that you would assign to like a male or female are kind of like switched in my household. Like my mom, you would consider like a breadwinner.、Um, my dad is like what you would consider like the main cook or something.、Um, so I feel like a lot of things are kind of like different、um, in comparison to what you would perceive as like stereotypical. Oh, yeah, that's interesting that the roles were flipped in your family because I think for mine it's. Like the my dad's like you know the breadwinner and like it's the same for my grandparents and so do you think that had an effect on like how you perceived gender roles? Yeah, definitely. It's kind of weird because I I think that like my parents are more open minded than like what I would give them credit for I guess when I was younger. But like thinking back upon it, I would be like, oh shoot, like now like 
they like they're actually more like open they allow me to do whatever i want or like they allow me to like put in my own opinions and have me decide like what i should do for my own path i mean okay actually it's kind of confusing because they're like some like i said my parents are pretty traditional but in a sense that they are trying to be like they're open-minded so like for gender roles like like i said how like i don't think my mom really cares like if i make a lot of money or not it's just more like if i'm happy which you i feel like a lot of parents sometimes like i feel like it's half and half sometimes like you have parents that like really want you to be happy but they want you to be like successful and have make money but some parents don't really have that opinion they're just like whatever you want to do you can be happy so like for example like for gender roles i feel like like i don't know if it's just like my family like my upbringing like in america but i feel like it's pretty similar in comparison to like american and chinese culture where you have like similar like we have stereotypical traits assigned to like a male and female and like what you consider like manly or girly i feel like those are those are terms that are kind of like what's the word it's like not the most like i, I don't like i don't know it's like not the most like beneficial to describe someone i guess it feels like it's detrimental to like how you perceive yourself i guess like especially so like if i'm a male like if i say like so i'm a male or someone someone if i do something and someone says like oh that's like girly or whatever it kind of like seem like oh what's wrong with being like a girl like why does that like why should i be doing mm-hmm. something and it's deemed as girly but it seems like it, it's a bad thing so it kind of views like both on both sides like one i can't have a fem- feminine side and on the other hand it kind of like it's detrimental to um people to like females like what's wrong with being girly you know but on the other hand it, like when people like kind of praise you for being manly it kind of says like it, there's like some type of contrast you know Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever heard the term like, "Oh, you fight like a girl"? Yeah. I feel, I feel like that's really like condescending because it's like, it's just implying that girls can't fight as well as guys. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like. also agree with that. Okay, so I hear a lot of misconceptions on social media about what toxic masculinity is. So, Kelvin, how would you define toxic masculinity? So I would describe toxic masculinity as a set of cultural norms that are traditionally assigned to males in which males are expected to abide by such norms, but the norms may not be something that is healthy. And that's how I would kind of describe it. I'm not sure if that's like the correct definition. So I did some research. And so um, I found this really good definition according to Wikipedia, of course. And it says, in the social sciences, toxic masculinity refers to traditional cultural masculine norms that can be harmful to men, women, and society overall. This concept of toxic masculinity is not intended to demonize men or male attributes, but rather to emphasize the harmful effects of conformity to certain traditional masculine ideal behaviors, such as dominance, self-reliance, and competition. So I thought that was pretty insightful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it's important to remember that it doesn't only affect men. Not to make it about women, but it also, it affects everyone. Mm -hmm. Like you're basically like placing people into bubbles, expecting them to act in a certain way. And that can be really toxic because not everyone falls into these categories. Yeah. When I was doing research about this topic before we recorded this episode, There were a lot of videos on YouTube where the people thought toxic masculinity was saying that like all men are bad when that's not what it is at all. And in fact, it actually hurts a lot of men. And there's studies that show that when men can't 
release their anger or show their emotions, it actually decreases their lifespan. Interesting. Yeah. I think when I used to think about toxic masculinity, I saw it as like men enforcing things on men, and it's just like a problem amongst men. But if you think about it, like how often do you hear like females saying like, oh, this guy, he was like crying or like perceiving a negative light and saying like, oh, he is too emotional or something like that, which I don't really understand like why men can't be like that and can't show their emotion. And so I think it's like a problem amongst all of society. And then like we place these pressures onto men and then they, you know, they just have like too much pressure placed on them. Yeah, I think I have like a pretty similar thinking. Did you like ever experience something like that? Like you felt like you couldn't cry or display your emotions in public? I think, I don't know, I'm a pretty like emotional being. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't really have a problem expressing my emotions, especially when I'm upset. Mm -hmm. But like I'm more, I am pretty private. And so I do like to keep my emotions to myself. Unless I'm really upset, then I will like try and find someone to talk about it. Mm Mm-hmm. But I do feel like there are a lot of um, individuals who have like trouble or like have an issue with expressing their emotion. I feel like before, I feel like nowadays um, it's more encouraged for people, especially men, to like be more expressive in their emotions. But I feel like especially before, like it was something that was like kind of like frowned upon or like you would kind of judge them as like being like weak or something. I think that's like what it stems from, like why like there's kind of the stigma against men expressing emotion like especially in like a public setting because you view them as like weak or like what's wrong with them why are they like crying in the middle of like nowhere you know or like sometimes like if you express like emotion or something like abnormally or something like as a male sometimes there's that comment like oh like are you pmsing like a woman or something like i don't know like it's, i feel like those comments are very unnecessary and it kind of like treats women as like inferior i guess i think i've noticed that when guys cry people demon as like the issue he's crying about must be like a big problem that's why he's crying you know whereas like a girl can cry for like any reason and they're like quote-unquote allowed to but guys can only cry if it's like a certain threshold of like serious i guess or else they're like weak also you mentioned that you're okay with showing your emotions and for you and like guys that are okay with this do you think it has to do with your surrounding like if everyone around you was like portraying toxic masculinity very heavily like do you think you'd be less willing to like open up and share your emotions definitely i feel like um especially because i'm surrounded by like good friends like you guys like if you're hanging out with something and i just randomly started crying or something you guys wouldn't like bash me for like crying you guys would be like oh what's wrong and i've never had the experience where like if i like was upset and like I expressed it or like if I started crying or something like that I don't think I've had like an experience where like someone would like mock me for it they would act they would just be like oh what's wrong like how can I help you if they're more supportive rather than like condescending but I feel like if people were condescending like if they're like oh why are you crying like that's weird or like you should stop crying you shouldn't be crying right now then I would I think I wouldn't be as expressive with my emotions I think that just goes to show that in order to like fix this problem it's like a community effort like everyone needs to be cognizant of this like male or female Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you have any personal experiences dealing with toxic masculinity or friends who have dealt with it i feel like okay i don't know like what you would consider like personal experiences like i feel like more so like for me it's personally like for my experiences it's more in regards to like actions or hobbies that i've done or something where i've been kind of like 
perceived as like not masculine i'm not even i'm not sure if that like would you consider that like a part of toxic masculinity like like i said like i was talking earlier like oh like if i did something and people consider it girly like like i don't know like i feel like that's more so towards like gender roles or like what you would sign as like stereotypical like gender traits so like i don't know i think it's up to you and your definition of toxic masculinity but i do think hobbies and what you're interested in would relate i guess toxic masculinity and gender roles are like intertwined but if you think about like young kids like people don't want their sons to be playing with barbies and dolls you know and vice versa like girls if they play with legos and such or trucks like they're a tomboy so i think it does relate to toxic masculinity okay um so then i guess i'll just bring up some examples i had so there's like a lot actually (laughs) i feel like okay so I guess, like, for example, one thing, like, something kind of, that's kind of minimal is, like, you know, like, it's skincare, like, your skincare routine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Actually, um, this happened to me, like, a few days ago and maybe, like, last month, too. It happens, like, reoccurring sometimes. But I recently got into skincare. And for every, for anyone who doesn't have a skincare routine, I highly recommend <laughs> getting one. <laughs> because um, I started in January and I feel like it's so, like, self, it's so, like, self-caring when you, like, kind of take care of your own skin and like especially when you see the results of it it makes you feel like so much more confident which is why i highly recommend mm-hmm. at least like trying the basics i think the basics are like i'm sorry i'm like going on a spew later <laughs> the basics are like a cleanser um a moisturizer and sunscreen i think those are the basics but okay besides that point um so i started getting to skincare maybe like in january so not that long ago like this past year so i got like some products whatever and I had it in my bathroom and because of quarantine, I came home, I started living at home. And I think one time my mom went in my bathroom and she was like, why do you have so many skincare products? Why are you acting? Like she was like, she basically sounded like I was like starting to act like a girl or something. And I was like, I didn't respond to that because I was like, I didn't really know what to say because she has a lot of skincare products. I was like, why can't I have a lot of skincare products? And especially for someone like I have eczema and I have really dry skin. So I feel like, and she has eczema too. So I was like, why don't you, like, I also do it. Like, I don't do it just for like acne, but I do it to like kind of moisturize my skin and hydrate it. So I was like, what's wrong with me having a skincare product? Because I feel like cosmetics, skincare, makeup or whatever, it's so geared or like directed towards women that there's like that stigma against men using makeup. Like, especially if you look at K-pop or like K-pop idols or whatever, and you see like the male idols, like um, if you introduce like a male idol to like a what like someone in the US who hasn't like seen K-pop before, they're like, oh, why is that guy like wearing so much eyeliner or like wearing so much makeup? But like for them, it's like, kind of common nature to like wear makeup but like for like an american society it's not very common for men to wear makeup so i feel like there's that stigma that makeup or like skincare is only for women but i feel like if it makes someone's improve their self-confidence or like uh, makes them feel happy using it and it's not hurting anyone else like i don't see a problem in that and i feel like that's like one of the issues like and like the thing is like it's not just like with my mom like i i had a conversation with another friend the other day and there's this test um, basically, I saw on Facebook, it was like in subtle Asian traits, it was like similar to the rice purity score test, but it was like, how Asian are you, whatever. And then one of the questions was like, oh, do you have a skincare routine? And then I gave the link to my friend, he took the test and he was like, why is there like a, pro- like a question about skincare routine? And he was like, oh, it's probably only for girls. And I was like, uh, <laughs> like I told him, I was like, I don't think like, I like, that's what I was saying. Like, I feel like it's not just like a problem against like, um, like amongst like older generations, but like, I feel like like something that's commonly perceived among men that like skincare routine is only for women kind of and then okay well I kind of had like 
like I'm also like like you're constantly learning as an individual, right? And so I think I came like home. Like I, I also do kind of get like what's the word like this uncomfortable like when you're like awkward or like embarrassed. Not em- oh I don't know like what's the word for like embarrassed but like kind of like ashamed. Not ashamed. Like you're kind of like scared. I guess like a little scared to like kind of like when you have a hobby that what's perceived as like feminine or whatever. I like. I kind of don't like to share it with people because I'm scared of the reactions. I think mm-hmm. that's like another issue. So like for when I started talking about my skincare routine or whatever, and I came home and I think my brother was asking me about sunscreen or whatever. And he was like, oh, I saw you bought like this sunscreen on Amazon or whatever. And I was like, I did. And I was like, are you curious? Or like, I don't know. Like basically he asked me about it. And then I found out that he like uses stuff for his like routine or he he actually takes care of his skin too. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. And um, I was like, oh, okay. Like that's pretty cool that he like does whatever he wants, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then besides getting care routine, I also think like hobbies, like I like to read books and like what you would think as a stereotypical like male genre is like, oh, like sci-fi, um, I don't know, like mystery. Like, I don't know what you adventure, like what you would sign like, a stereotypical male genres to like what you would think male readers would read i mean i like those too but i also like i really like romance books <laughs> and so mm-hmm. i feel like when you consider like romance books their the audience is more directed towards female readers so you wouldn't really see a lot of male readers or like you wouldn't like think there's like a lot of male readers but like there are like me like i like reading romance genres and so that's like my favorite genre to read but like I am like kind of scared to tell people sometimes because I don't want them to negatively react. So I think in that sense, I am more hesitant to tell people about it because I don't want people mm. judging me. And I feel like that could be a part of like what you would consider toxic masculinity. Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to know your skincare routine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think those are some really great points that you mentioned. Like when you think of it at the core, like why is having a skincare routine or being into skincare products like perceived as a feminine thing? We all have skin, we all have problems, we all want to feel confident. So I really like don't understand understand where that stemmed from. We did an episode where we were talking about beauty standards and like in Thailand, I believe a lot of males, they are into skincare, you know, and it's like normal mm-hmm. there. So I think it's definitely just a societal thing, like what's accepted and what's not. And then that affects like what people are willing to do and show. Because even though like there's this perception that guys can't be into skincare, like you don't know how many guys like that, you know, like you, like you said, your brother is into that. Like, and yeah, I guess like guys aren't willing to come forward and like show that when you brought up skincare it just reminded me like i started thinking about like other ways of like self-care that women do like you know take baths or get their manicure or pedicures and like all of these things are i guess considered more feminine and it's interesting because people think that like men don't get stressed and don't need like self-care to like wind down and yeah i just thought that was really interesting yeah like now that i think about it they're like I feel like there are minor actions that, like, kind of replicate this, like, what you consider, like, masculine or feminine or whatever. Um, I remember when I was younger, actually, that, you know how sometimes when guys sit, like, they have their legs spread out or whatever? So, like, imagine, like, if you're in a car, like, the back of a car seat or whatever, and there's, like, you know how there are three seats in the back of, like, a car or whatever? And you have, like, sometimes there are guys who, like, their, their legs are, like, super wide out, and you're, like, can you close it so I can have I some more spreading. room? To- <laughs> yeah, basically. And... So I remember when I was younger that, like, if I would sit in a car of guys or whatever, they would, like, spread their legs so wide. And, like, dude, like, I need some space. Could you, like, 
minimize your like <laughs> gap or whatever and um they're like um i think i know i forgot i forgot how the topic came up but they were like oh like no like you because you have like you know like <laughs> because, what because <laughs> because you have something down there you need like space to like widen it or whatever i'm like okay yeah sure but i need some like i need space for me for my body to sit down in the car because i can't because their legs are like too like spread apart and so they're saying like oh like if you sit like that you're more you act more manly or whatever um if your like legs are more wide apart or like but then they were saying like oh but if you cross your legs like you have your one of your legs over your knee or whatever um that's more feminine like i don't like you don't talk about when like when you cross your legs over one another and when you're sitting down mm-hmm. yeah i don't know what you're talking about yeah so then they're saying like that like that kind of sitting is more like girly or whatever and i was like i don't care i'm like i'm gonna say how i want to sit like i want to sit if i'm comfortable sitting like that i'm gonna sit like that so i feel like minor actions like that is kind of like like mirroring like what you would consider like what is kind of viewed, viewed upon and like how like like even like you wouldn't think about it like that but like it's just like subtle actions like that kind of like portray that type of like effect it's good that you're not only aware but then you also just don't care <laughs> and you just do your own thing do you ever see like people perpetuating toxic masculinity and how do you react when you see these instances like like i said um before it, they're kind of like it's i feel like most of the what you consider toxic masculinity i feel like actions or sayings of that are things that like are very subtle you can't really like pinpoint it until like maybe like afterwards when you're thinking about it, like oh that's like not what he said what he or she said was not maybe like the most like pleasant way of saying it or something um so i feel like a lot of it is like very subtle you don't really notice it until afterwards when you're thinking about it or even if you do catch it in the moment it's something very minor that like if you bring it up i feel like people would be like it's just like they're just like oh just saying that or whatever um they they probably didn't really have that intention but just the way that we are brought up the society that we grew up in it was it's perceived as normal you know like if you react negatively about it people are gonna be like oh this dude or like this person is going to be like, they're going to think you're whack or whatever because you're like overreacting about something that you consider valuable that is detrimental to society. Um, but in their viewing, they're thinking, they're like, oh, this is normal. Like, this is how like we were brought up, you know? So I feel like that's the thing. Like, I, I don't really remember like a lot of like personal experiences where I have seen it or like, or I even brought it up and like talked about it like at that time of the incident or and when it happened because it's so subtle or minor minor that I don't really think about it until like now when I'm like we're talking about the topic yeah I think that's a really good point like it's not just specific things people say or do like just changing things that you say in your daily lives like it's not gonna fix this problem I think it's like a cultural shift and like a change in mindset is what we need do you think it's more prominent in Asian culture or Western culture or like there's no difference well in my opinion I feel like in Western cultures like in the US I feel like it's definitely becoming more of a known topic I feel like if you talk about like toxic masculinity and like in Asian culture they they probably wouldn't like really know what you're talking about because I feel like especially in Chinese society it's like so patriarchal like there's such a heavy emphasis on like being male being a man or like man or something like that that like like, I feel like toxic masculinity may or may not be, like, a topic to talk about because they're probably, it's just so ingrained in their culture that, like, it just seems that it's it's completely normal. But I feel like in the U.S., I feel like it's becoming more of a topic to talk about, like, an issue to address, you know? 
Do you think there are any misconceptions about what toxic masculinity means? Kind of. I mean, I've had misconceptions about what toxic masculinity is. Like before, <laughs> I was talking to Helen. I was like, I'm not sure of like how to define um, toxic masculinity. And I had a vague like I because I remember like um, I honestly like I'm pretty sure in high school. I if you asked me if I knew what toxic masculinity in high school, um, I probably wouldn't say I like I'm not really sure what you're talking about or like I've never heard a term before. But in college, I've heard it like um, around like I, I've heard like teachers. Or like um students, other students saying like talking about the topic, but I've never like taken a class on it, or even like learned like what it is. I just like kind of drew the grapevine, and so I did have like the va- like a vague feeling of what it was, and what I, the vague feeling was the way I kind of said at the beginning of like the podcast. But I feel like a lot of the misconceptions is that like like you said earlier, um, that toxic masculinity, you kind of think it's more about towards like men and like something within men like something you would discuss between men or whatever but like you're right like I do think that like this is a problem that like not just men face but also that that it could like affect females or like everyone in society so I feel like that's a very popular like misconception that is only something that could be dealt with between men but it's something that should be dealt with like throughout the entire society You mentioned that in high school you probably wouldn't have known what toxic masculinity was do you think that's just because you didn't like have a specific term for it but do you think you still understood the concept and like do, do you think it existed back then to you i feel like yeah i do think that's like that's one of those things where like you don't really know that there's like an actual word for it until you like t- until someone tells you you're like oh there's a term for it like so you start like using it or like you start like sounding smart <laughs> or whatever but um but yeah i do think like there's definitely like times like in high school where i felt like this is weird, but, like, whatever, I don't care. Like, or, like, I'm expected to do something because I'm a male, or I'm supposed to act, like, a certain way because I'm male. I'm, even, like, today, like, like I'm still, like, learning about, like, the topic itself. So, like, it would be interesting to see, like, how it would be dealt with if, like, high school or if, high, if there was a curriculum on it in like, high school or something. Um, what are some steps we can take to help men feel more comfortable, like, expressing their emotions and, like, not feel like they have to behave in a certain way to seem more masculine? I think it's difficult because, like, the reason why I feel more comfortable, like, expressing my emotions is because I've I've had people ask me, like, oh, how are you doing? But, like, it's not just, like, the passing by, like, we're, like, passing by each other in the hallway and they're like, hey, how are you doing, you know? They're, like, it's, like, one of those conversations where, like, they actually mean it. And I feel like in those outlets, I'm more, I'm, like, instead of, like, oh, I'm good, like, I'm, like, oh, I'm okay, like, I'm not feeling well because of this or, like, I'm not happy because this happened or something, like, I feel like especially reaching out. I feel like communication is like a key tool that you could use to like have people, have men express their emotions more. Saying that it's okay that like if they're upset to let you know. Um, And like even when I was growing up, like my mom has always like emphasized like, oh, if you're upset, let me know. Like she's always like told me that like if I'm like upset, if I'm like distressed, like if I'm sad, mad or whatever, to let her know because it's better than like having it bottled up. I feel like especially for emotions, like I feel like nowadays it's more of a com- like a common saying to like say like, oh, if you have like um something bottled up to like, it's okay to let it go, you know? And especially like reaching out to your friends, like like when you talk about emotion, like when you like think about the words emotions or whatever and you assign like, oh, like which like gender would would you consider to be more like emotional or whatever? And like you would have a lot of people say like, oh, female, like girls are more emotional, you know? So like if you're surrounded, if you're constantly surrounded by other men, you're not going to express your emotion because 
if they're not expressing their emotion, why should you? I feel like that's like the common thinking. But I think for me, like, because my friends are emotional too, like they're okay with expressing their emotions that I feel more comfortable. And I think it's just like the people that you surround yourself with. It's hard for me because like, I don't really have like a ton of friends who like say like, it's not okay to express your emotions or like, I don't surround myself by people who like discourage me from expressing my emotions. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not really sure like what the right advice is for like saying if I was surrounded by people who didn't express their emotions that well i feel like it's kind of one of those things where you have that like type of thinking that like that that is like different from your group of friends that like i think it's okay to like express your own interests or like express your own opinions but like hey guys like i don't think it's okay that you called this guy out or like your friend out for like doing this like action that is considered like girly or whatever i think it's more like that like you're afraid to like disappoint or like upset your friends with your own opinions but if you're if they're your friends and you're close then i feel like you should be able to like do what you want and if you don't think that what they're doing is right to call them out for it but that's the thing like but what i was saying earlier that like i feel like a lot of toxic masculinity like um actions or sayings or phrases like that are very like minor subtle so like even if you want to like kind of like stop if you kind of want to like help someone it's hard to like identify like what you consider toxic Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can't always just like sit them down, <laughs> have a full-on conversation about this. Um, so what I'm hearing is your community really matters. I think so. I mean, like I, I, I like I said earlier, like if I was surrounded by people who taunted me for being emotional, then I wouldn't like, like I wouldn't like do it then because then I would feel like embarrassed or shameful or something. Mm-hmm. I know you briefly touched upon this, but I was like curious, like. I know a lot of people think that girls sit around and like talk about their emotions all the time and then guys don't like they talk about sports or like I don't know bro stuff but (laughs) do you think that's true in a sense um yeah I do think that's true (laughs) okay this is um so I have like my college friends but I also have like a lot of online friends and we play a little like um, what you would think of like online gamers would play like League of Legends, Minecraft, Valorant, whatever. What you any game like you like know online, we'd probably play it or whatever. And so a lot of them are uh, male, and I think there was like a problem between like not a problem, but there was like a slight issue between me and another friend or whatever. And I like I don't know how to describe the situation, but basically I was talking to my friend to kind of like ask for advice or whatever. Like oh like what should I do? Like I don't want to like I like I would like our friendship whatever. And she was saying how like we were talking. So I'm like, I like, I don't know how to start a story, but basically she was saying how basically a lot of the online people like that you meet online, they just want to play games. They don't really care about like making friendships or relationships, even though like you have, you may have known them for such a long time. All they care about is just playing a game. Like they don't like, they want, they don't want to like mix their feelings or like personal lives into it because maybe they just use gaming as like a way to, as an outlet, you know? And I was like, yeah, that's like, that's a, like, that's a good point. And so I feel like it could be similar to like other communities like that when you like do something when you hang out with like other people like that for like a certain reason especially if you don't know them like say you met someone do like volleyball or like football or whatever you only like you only want to talk about sports with them or you want you only want to talk about the common hobby or interest that you have with them and maybe you don't want to like talk about your own lives or like what's going on with your life or your background ever because maybe you don't feel as comfortable with them so I think it definitely like depends on like on that that, that, that Wait, what was the question? Was that the question? Like, like I do think that, like, I think that's, like, maybe that answers your question. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> when you don't even know the question. <laughs> that's okay. I think I noticed that with my brother, too. 
he plays like with his best friends online they talk on discord and i don't know i just expect them to be really close and know each other's lives because they talk all the time but then he's like no we don't really or like we don't really discuss our lives we're just there to play games I was talking to uh, one of my girlfriends about how some guys feel like they can only express- they have like that one female friend who they like vent to and like talk about their emotions with because they feel like they can't do that around their other guy friends. Yeah, I feel like from my situation, I was like, if I'm friends with you for like 10 plus years, like don't you think we're past that point of just gaming? (laughs) Like we're just like, we can be like, you know, but they have taught me that like- not like my online friends they're like oh because like um we've been friends for so long like and we don't get to see each other physically the most important thing is communication like if you drop off like the face of the earth and like we don't hear from you or whatever we're gonna get concerned that like something happened you know and i was like oh correlation like they say connection like communication my mom says communication you know so i feel like that's also like like something to like learn from Mm -hmm. so what do you think are some of the biggest consequences of toxic masculinity when I was reading some articles about like what you what what is toxic masculinity, I think the main things were like expressing emotion, competition, and then like self reliance or something. I think those were like the biggest consequences that are like off like commonly labeled together as what the consequences were were for um, toxic masculinity. So like expressing emotion, we talked a lot about it throughout the podcast. But like for self reliance, for example, like. I think that ties into like um, expressing your emotions. Like you tend to, like in a toxic masculinity like society, like self-reliance, like you would only rely on yourselves. And I feel like there's a lot of dependence on men or like what you would consider dependence on men to do something like, oh, like you're a man, do that. Like, you know, I feel like there's so many like traits that are assigned to a man that they're expected to do something like, oh, you're a man, you should know how to work your cars, you should know how to play a sport or something. I think those type of like traits or habits are negative consequences because say for example like if you have someone who's like a male like they could be asked to like oh like can you help me my car you're like you know you're a hand- like a handyman like you know um mm-hmm. can you help me and then he's like oh no like i don't know how to work our cars or something and then the person's like oh but like you're a man you know i feel like that's something that's kind of like negative to like the person's confidence like their self-esteem like they kind of like maybe feel inferior so then that's like that self-reliance like you like you could only rely on yourselves for like so much you know and then competition i feel like competition is like a big part like you're like i feel like in sports or like online gaming or whatever you're like competitive to like be like the best player and i feel like a lot of it is like for like you be competitive to win and to win i like to win based demonstrates that like oh you're like you're the most like you're you're the strongest and when you think of like strong like you would typically think like of a male or something yeah mm-hmm. so i feel like that plays a large role in like forming like what is toxic masculinity i was also gonna say when you talked about how like men are expected to like be able to fix cars and like all this stuff i feel like it also has a negative impact on women who like want to do these things but then like other people tell them like oh that's for men only like you shouldn't be like doing this stuff you know yeah I, I was gonna say it mentioned that like in one of my classes we were talking about like how you would like label things like the word like the impact of words and so like I said I mentioned the word handyman like that's a common like a common term like handyman or something but you wouldn't really say handy woman you know like you know mailman those are all words that like at the end there's like like man or men or whatever when you 
visualize those like occupations or that type of like person you would think of a male which is kind of like ties into like gender inequality like even just the words that you say like have that type of impact on your life or how society is viewed within where you live and so like when I learned that I was like yeah that's like so true like you know it's just like those minor things that you would never think about until you think about it at that time then I feel like that's when you start to realize Well, that's it for this episode of So Yellow. Thank you, Kelvin, for taking the time to talk to us today and inform us about this extremely important subject. We hope this episode was somewhat helpful or informative in any way to you out there listening. With that being said, if you enjoyed what you heard, we'd love if you subscribe to the podcast to be notified of our future episodes. Until next time. Bye. Bye.